Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! <laughs> this is the Fizzle Show, where every Tuesday we publish another conversation for people creating businesses to live life on their own terms. It's amazing! It's so great when you can do that. And it's possible. I'm sitting right now across the table from two people who are doing it. And my business partner, Corbett, and myself are doing it. And then so many people inside of Fizzle are doing it. It's possible, but it's difficult, okay? We know it's possible. We've done it. We're doing it. But we also know that it is difficult, all right? It's amazing. It's possible. And it's difficult. And that's why we do the Fizzle Show every single week. Now, if you want to go further, faster, if you want to maybe optimize for some more momentum or progress, strategy, how about maybe adding some relationships to what you're doing in your business so that you're not all on your own. Maybe get some feedback. Maybe get some motivation going, right? Then you should check out what we do at Fizzle, not just the podcast, but our membership community, which is not just the community. It's also courses and a roadmap, which is like a playlist of courses that guides you through every step of small business. Again, all of this to the point that you can live life on your own terms. So if that's you, if you want to get into it, if you want to go further, faster, make it count. Try out Fizzle for free on us for five weeks, okay? Special offer when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. That's fizzle.co slash try five. Okay, you can follow along at home on this episode, which is 210 at fizzleshow.co slash 210. And I'd like to welcome to the show my co-host Corbett Barr and a couple of our guests, John and Dana Schultz. Of Minimalist Baker. Hey, guys. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Why the boo? Well done. It's John. Yeah, it's John's thing. I stole it. You stole the boo? Mm-hmm. And you did the boo? You're like, oh, I'm really into this pessimism thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it count. It's worn off on me. Okay. Let me give you a little bit of take, dear little Fizzle Show listener, on why I think this is going to be great. So I'd venture to say that most of us listening to the show uh when we think about a successful business, I'm putting that in quotes, when we think about a successful business uh, that we'd want to create, we're probably looking at a lifestyle business, okay? The kinds of businesses where your business serves your life, not the other way around, okay? And with the tools of the internet and extremely affordable and might I say very high class training like Fizzle's courses, this kind of business has become a real viable approach to revenue earning and not just revenue earning, but wealth creation. Okay, but and this is a big but here, it's still a difficult path to start your own business and get a lifestyle business up and going. Okay, becoming a doctor is a viable path for you as well. But we all know that that is not an easy thing. You don't just fall into being a doctor right now, though. It's true that many people have really actually just fallen into being bloggers and podcasters and things like that successfully. um, It's not a smart strategy. It's not very intelligent to just count on falling into something like this. Okay, just like becoming a doctor uh, or a skydiving instructor, speaking of falling in, uh, it makes sense with an online business to understand what are the elements necessary for success, what expectations are intelligent to have, and how, in fact, success happens. Now, it's that last one I want to get into today for us. Someone's phone's ringing. That's yours, Corbett. Corbett. Unbelievable. (laughs) it's the last one i want to get into i want to get into how does success happen 
right? Uh, what are the steps and stages? What are the red flags to watch for? What are the common mistakes and the truly important things? Because you can go online and you can see a bunch of people like us, but people who maybe are less experienced than us saying like, here's what's important about business. Have you tried tagging Pinterest images like this? It's working like great for us. And it works for a weekend. And then people try it for three years and they go like, I'm trying Pinterest, but it's not working, right? Um, you want to know, you want to have more of an intelligent strategy than just some trends that are working right now. So don't tell them about our Pinterest. <laughs> on the show today, <laughs> two, two incredible Pinterest users, uh, uh, very special guest john and dan schultz from minimalist baker okay they're a married couple who have found enormous success running a blog about how to cook and i quote simple delicious recipes that require 10 ingredients or less one bowl or 30 minutes or less to prepare <laughs> did we get that right is that, Nailed it. that right yeah, oh, yeah yeah that's good so john and dan are close friends of fizzle uh in fact they teach a course within fizzle called exactly how to build a great food blog which is awesome. You can go check that out. <laughs> uh, FYI, if you're trying to become a food blogger, <laughs> this is available for free for you. Try five. You got to give it a shot. Okay. Now, because they're close friend, I'm hoping we can get into a really juicy interview with them full of the stuff that most people are too afraid to share. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so please enjoy this interview. I don't know where we're going to go, but I hope it's going to be good. And I've got lots of questions to ask. Maybe I'll just open it up to you guys to say, Hey, Welcome to the Fizzle Show. I'm so glad you're here, John and Dana of Minimalist Baker. Oh, gee, thanks. Oh, that's it. Now, is that's your... Dana's voice right there. Yeah, I hope I'm not that manly. Well, <laughs> you couldn't tell. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> gee, thanks. I'm really happy to be it's here. It's actually <laughs> very surreal to be on the show because I have listened to so many episodes. Mm. You used to be my running companion when I was still running. Until you uh, realize your times weren't as fast as they should be. So you, you stepped it up uh, and started No, listening. mostly Winston, just Winston. moving to Portland and the weather. Is <laughs> You're not running. Anymore. I'm, no longer running. I'm not running. Yeah. Most people would move to Tiesto at that point. <laughs> I just stopped running. Okay, so uh, real quick, how long has Minimalist Baker been around? What are we talking here? Uh, June of 2012 was our first month. All right, so 14 years. That's a long time for a bit. <laughs> Wait, 2012 was how long mm -hmm. ago? We're all yeah. very old. Four years Coming ago. Coming up on five. five. Yeah. Coming up mm -hmm. on five years. Okay. Coming up on five years. Now, here's my first question for you guys. All right, we're going to dive right in. Are you okay with that? Let's do it. Let's do it. I want to know, uh, when did you quit your day jobs to pursue this full time? And if you can, like, take me back to, like, was there a conversation was there like discussions beforehand that about like should we do this or what? I want to know. I want to know. Jokes on you. They didn't have day jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's year broke. Yeah. 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 Go for it, John. I, yeah. I would like it if we didn't have any of those conversations. If we just jumped in. Yeah. Just That's, dived yeah. in. Just yeah. Straight in. But what what was it like really? Well, I feel, I feel like the first disclosure is that we had another site before this one. Mm, and mm. so there were probably two years leading up to Minimal Spaker. And yeah. that was more of just a hobby site. Uh, it was just as a, like basically a personal blog. I talked about like what we did and occasionally mm. I would share a recipe and then it would be like, here's a workout that I did. So mm. it didn't really have any focus. It was just Wait, like, is this blog still around? no, it's no longer <laughs> online. So oh. <laughs> don't get it. Stripes. So I'm really stripes. liking stripes these days. <laughs> They're like so in season. <laughs> They're super so happy. Here's my fuzzy socks. I don't know. I want to write about my fuzzy socks. Have you guys ever tried planks? They're like really hard. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. That's too true. It's you did that. It's you did that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I hey, said that. Now, sure. hold on. I think that's actually kind of a big point. I, 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 I don't know. 
I'm I'm also from that era where where we just started up blogs. Like we just could start blogs, <laughs> and so we did. And and it was just like this is it seemed like people were being successful, and but I'm air quoting successful there uh, by just like writing about whatever. And I was like, I don't know, I was 25 or something like that, maybe. And I just started writing. I had a blog called Write to Mean, which was just like, a, I don't know, whatever I feel like <laughs> writing, right? And then it was the things that I was writing about fatherhood that people would really start to click on. And then I started Father Apprentice, which was like my first, hey, I have a, a thesis with this <laughs> blog. Is that similar to how Minimalist Baker got started, where the recipes themselves getting more traction? Or if not, what did lead you towards going, let's do an actual website about food stuff? I think the the first thing that happened was a number of conversations and like just kind of the point in life that we were getting. Dana actually came up with the idea of Minimal Spaker, but that's kind of the the end of the story. Uh. Getting into that, we... Um, what do you mean by that's the end of the story? Well, that's like, well, that's the beginning of Minimal Spaker, but yeah. like getting there to the point that we would even yeah. start it was like yeah. a whole, whole transition. Yeah. Uh, probably goes back to when I begrudgingly, not begrudgingly, I chose to go to law school. Mm -hmm. Stupidest idea ever. <laughs> just, just a side note for fizzlers, do not go to law school. <laughs> oh my God. This is uh, the, the most expensive way to figure out you don't want to be a lawyer. Totally. Uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> still, well still so much anger. Um, I was in law school. I knew pretty quickly I didn't want to be a lawyer, but we were living in a town where uh, Dana was having trouble getting a job. Uh, even though she had a good, well, she had a good degree in journalism at the time when the newspapers were shutting down. <laughs> really, degrees so, in so co college graduates, both of you, and then you were heading off into law school, John, and you mm -hmm. had your degree in journalism. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it, got it. Sorry, keep going, keep yeah. going. She had her degree in journalism. Yeah, um, I guess it goes even back further. So there was a point in our life where we just realized we didn't know what we were doing, yeah. or like why we were doing what we were doing, mm. and. Uh, Part of that even goes back to when we moved to go to law school. We left Portland the first time, uh, and <laughs> it was a terrible ride. Like we yeah. were driving this U-Haul truck of stuff we got from IKEA because IKEA was a luxury compared to um, <laughs> Albertsons, <laughs> like, actually Kansas, or whatever. <laughs> paid to move IKEA stuff across yes, the country. Yeah, yeah, which, as we know, yeah. is like yeah. not yeah. good quality. This will show you where we were in life. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, I've, I I still do that. So I don't know. We just bought IKEA lamps yesterday. Oh, so. oh no, I'm no. all for IKEA. Okay, stuff. thank you. It was just thank like, you because I was feeling a little bit attacked <laughs> in that. So keep going. You were you know Chubby what's that? So you were moving. You were moving. We were moving, uh, and it was just terrible. We don't even talk about this trip very often because mm. it still makes us sick to our stomach. Uh, I would say that's the trip John became a man, and I lost 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> From it was, anxiety, it was basically. Bad. It was so bad. So hold on. Was there anything about why this trip was so difficult that reflected, that, that, that it, like in some way, some metaphorical way, reflects on what your guys' strategy or confusion about what you were doing in Minimalist Baker or anything online or career in general, is there some sort of like crossover there? Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of the, the joke of the Ikea stuff in the back of this truck that we're yeah. driving, risking our lives to get this crappy furniture to Kansas. Well, and to elaborate, it was like the worst ice and snowstorm of, I don't know, the last decade or something. Yeah. And so 
we really were risking our lives because at one point we were driving on like two inches of ice and then we got stranded in Wyoming for three days. Uh, so, nice. and we were towing our car. So it was just, nobody and told we had you no not chains. to drive across country in January. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of those trips myself. Yeah. From California up uh, through the passes and the, the whole, and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. It's yeah. harrowing. It, it is. Yeah. But we definitely got to that, that part and we got to the end of it and was like, why did we do that? And that was coming to Portland. I'm no. uh, going to Kansas to go to law school. Okay, going back to Kansas because yeah. John has decided I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> Still, just so upset, <laughs> so angry, so angry. Uh. Okay, so this is the early days of minimalist. This is the scene that minimalist Baker sort of like cut, like starts growing out of. Tell me about the moment that like you guys decide. At this time, it sounds like minimalist Baker isn't a thing yet. Is that correct? Yeah. Or no? Okay, no. When does it become? When does it get like? its inception well fast forward a little bit like i i had my lifestyle blog during that move and i continued to have it into john's law school experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um i had found a couple like side side jobs like being a barista and cleaning houses and that's basically we were just like throwing pennies at a mountain of debt <laughs> mm. and we were also really um not happy john decided he was going to finish law school, but knew that he didn't want to do it. And so that was a huge conversation. And I was, you know, working on this blog that I really enjoyed, even though I would get like two comments a day or yeah. three comments there. And like our traffic was really low and we weren't monetizing it or anything. And, um, but people did start to resonate more to answer your question, mm. like with the recipes. And so that kind of, I feel like in a lot of ways guided where we went yeah. with minimalist baker. Yeah. And so, uh, through a series of events, we ended up moving, back to our hometown of wichita kansas uh -huh. and well so that's where it cuts in again with uh all this ikea crap uh -huh. like we had this really big new year's yeah. Eve talk and that was the like i don't want to be oh, a lawyer hold on you don't want to <laughs> hold on i gotta know where are we new year's eve it's uh, uh it's a like little apartment in wichita topeka kansas topeka kansas and mom and dad's house or something or no, no this is just bad bad place to be and this is like 2011 or Yes. Yeah, two thousand. Eve of two thousand eleven, and you're like, I, I don't want to be a lawyer. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of feelings. Yeah, for sure. What and was what, a lot of money to be spending? If you had like, to, if you had the to, to like to like name the feeling, what was it? Uh, I don't know if it was a feeling. Just like back against the wall. Back like, against I have the no wall. Other options. I definitely don't want to do this. Yeah, I think I'd be okay at it, but I hate it. Huh. Um, but then also, was there some relief, like getting that out? I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I. We were both just not basically the whole talk was like, we don't like anything about our life right now uh -huh. and we want to change everything about our life <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. And and also realizing we had just like mindlessly, you know, bought this stuff and moved here and done all these things and we weren't happy. And so yeah. we just decided, OK, well, we need to start making better decisions and stop reacting to life. And, so, you know, mm -hmm. we need to stop reacting and start like making a plan. Moving. Yeah. And so we were like, what are the things that are going to make us happy? And so John was like, well, I don't want to be a lawyer. And we were like, we've never left the country. We want to travel more. And I was pretty um, set on just making us, trying to make us more money. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go get this other job or something. And he's like, well, what do you really want to do? Like, what's going to mm. make you happy? And I was like, well, I really like this blogging thing, but it's not making us any money. And so I feel like that was actually a very pivotal moment because John was like, well, what can we do right now to invest in that? And so we ended up selling all of our furniture that we'd bought. 
Then Ikea furniture? The Ikea furniture, the beloved Ikea furniture. And that's, that is the symbolic part. Like we, so then we go from like having all this crappy, I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was just like unnecessary. We had this cube system that yeah. Yeah. like cube people. Prime. We had a leather couch that John didn't even fit on. Like it when hurt. he laid. It hurt to sit on. Like it wasn't a comfortable thing. Oh, the yeah. frugal poking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clutch, exactly. clutch in the yeah. moment, in the pocket, comes up with a name for an IKEA furniture and absolutely well, nails, nails it. it. I believe Sticks that the deserves, ending. if there's such a thing as a podcast award, that moment deserves it. And that man should get that tattoo. Frugal point poker. <laughs> okay, so this is where the, the, the metaphor of the IKEA furniture is like, it kind of symbolizes who, like, where you thought you were going. Yeah, not it, only symbolizes it, it, like we actually sold our couch for about five, six hundred bucks and yeah. a couple other pieces of furniture. And we literally walked downtown to the local camera shop and bought Dana her first good digital camera. So there was like a real like, yeah, we didn't have a couch, but now we have this digital camera. Yeah. We're really going to do this. We're going to start and for, moving. And this was direction. this for the lifestyle blog or? Yeah. Okay. Because Minimal Baker was yet to come. Yep. And so you bought a camera because you want you wanted to pursue taking better food photography. Yeah, I knew my yeah. photos and weren't, photography in general weren't mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Yeah. And th- this is symbolic because so much of uh, of I would say at least like so much of of the symbol of Minimalist Baker, so much of what makes it such a great site is the photography itself. Obviously, coming up with all of the ideas and and the recipes and all this stuff, but like it preaches so loudly through the photography itself it's almost like it, it becomes aspirational when you see these these dishes put out on the plate right and so mm-hmm. this idea that you guys sold your flugel poking <laughs> and got your first camera right early days how old were you then do you um, remember like 24 15. and 24 <laughs> which is like the beginning of like i'm supposed to know where i'm going yeah and you guys are going like back to square one in some ways, right? With just like a with John asking the question, well, but what do you really want to do? Right. Right? Uh, I don't know. So much of that to me sounds so relatable to so many couples thinking things through and you and and just like what you said, I hate so much about our life right now. <laughs> There's like nothing I love in uh, our yeah, life. Literally right? nothing. Yeah, literally nothing. You know? Uh, I don't know. That 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 is the scene from which Minimalist Baker sort of I I, I don't know. That seems like the backdrop where after a little while, somehow the idea from Minimalist Baker comes up. I mean, these are the places where <clears throat> business ideas come from in our lives, right? I mean, Corbett, you when you did uh, your travel around, you were blogging as like Corbett Barr, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, similar. I had a little bit more of a focus. I wasn't uh, writing any posts about planking. <laughs> it's a shame. Regrettably. <laughs> Regrettably. So I'd difficult. love to see you yeah. plank. <laughs> but uh, yeah, si- similar thing, I think. It was like, I knew that, Blogging was fun, but it felt like the direction I was headed wasn't leading anywhere specific. Right. Right. By the way, I'm just. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Pouring Corbett a little bit more wine because he was out. Thank you. And uh, 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 just to let you know, the scene here is Portland. If you want more flugel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's sunny. Uh, and it's a first like sunny uh, Friday afternoon. Yeah. I stared into the sun today and I <laughs> never laid, felt I happier. I the sun in my office by, by, just like a cat like I just like stretched out <laughs> so, like, soaked it in by sunny I'd say we've got about 70% cloud yeah, coverage yeah. but there's some yeah. sun okay, listen, I saw the minutes. sun today yeah. Corbett 
You can take that negative attitude somewhere else. <laughs> it's not negative. I'm just right. putting the context for yeah. people okay. outside of Portland. So back to the story at hand. I want to I want to fast forward to when we're we're deciding to work on Minimalist Baker. Was there a conversation there, or did was that like a fairly easy like I want to put this together and see if that can go, or was it like I'm stopping this lifestyle blog that whatever I'm sorry stopping the Dana Biz blog and I'm doing. Minimalist Baker. Was what was like that decision info, like? I think. <laughs> Wait, what? Dana.info? I, That'd be the one. To no? come. That's to come. <laughs> <Okay>. To come. <laughs> um, well, I had continued with my lifestyle blog, and then we moved down to Wichita, and John wrapped up law school, and I had... Well, I mean, I'm not to take the reins of this, but I think it's, it's more important. <laughs> uh, you're a man so, speaking, yeah. so... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Dana. Let me tell you what you really felt. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Exactly. Keep going. She was happy then. No, no. We're not, this isn't going to... Tell us how Dana felt. <laughs> no, this yeah. is not going to devolve it. into... Uh, being married to me. This isn't going to devolve a into a bunch of white people feeling <laughs> guilty about like what some man said. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. No, I, I think it's interesting because there, there is this point where we started Minimal Spaker. And in hindsight, you can look back and see all these little steps we took, and it obviously makes sense. Yeah. But at the time, we were just trying to kind of figure out what we were doing and seeing mm. what was next. And so Dana kept doing her personal blog at the time, and she kept getting better at photography, kept doing uh, more recipes. We saw those were working better. Mm. And she ended up getting offered a job in Wichita working at a health and wellness type of site. And I think it was largely because she had this blog. She was just putting it out there and kind of seeing yeah. what stuck. And so that's what brought us to Wichita. And it was kind of at that point, she's working mm. at this website. So she's getting a little more experience there. I'd always been kind of messing around with websites. Uh, and then comes Minimal Speaker. Yeah. Okay. Tell me, tell me more. Like, tell me more about this mo this time in your life. Like, where you know where Minimalist Baker went after this. You know where how how far you've come from there. What do you see there in these early days that ended up being important throughout? the state the, the all the phases yeah like which decisions were really important at that time i just i feel like we we started making really unconventional decisions like the only the only thing that ever mattered in any apartment that we were ever going to live in again was does it have good light because mm. otherwise it's not working for me and so like mm -hmm. you know we found this apartment that was working for us and and i found you know i had this job where i was also doing photography and writing and um, that was building into my skill set, and so, so and the light was because of the photos. The photos, and and you still take mostly natural light photos, like ninety nine point nine percent. Only when I absolutely have to, have to. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so basically, when I was working at this website, I still had my lifestyle blog, and then the idea for Minimalist Baker became. I don't know. I don't know exactly where it came from, but we well, we we've been living more simply and intentionally. The middle sounds thing like it. Sounds like yeah. kind of a, a weird part to almost be a part of, but not. Like, I don't know. We just felt like we were trying to be more intentional and think through our life, and and also like I'm just it, a lazy cook, and so yeah, that yeah. was that was well. the whole crux of the thing. Was like I don't. I would look at recipes online and think, oh my gosh, that looks great, but I'm never going to make that because yeah. it's this and too long and too complicated, and yeah, I don't know what cardamom is, you know. And so it really was just I wanted to make the blog that I would actually cook from because I didn't think it existed. And I think that that's a really good lesson for mm. hopefully fizzlers yeah. who, you know, like we do get a lot of people asking us questions about like, oh, I just can't find my niche, you know, because everybody says, you know, you really have to find your topic and your thing that you're yeah. an expert on. And I didn't even, I don't even know if I would say I was an expert on that yet. I just knew that I saw an opportunity and I had a, an extreme interest in it. Yeah. And I was really, really passionate about cooking and I was getting better at photography. 
And so I just told John, like, I have this idea for a website called Minimal Baker. It would be only recipes and it would be just this, like 10 ingredients, 30 minutes, one bowl. That would be the focus because we were, as we were seeing with my previous blog, if you just talk about anything into the void, no one listens. Like mm-hmm. I'm just talking about everything. And so that's, that was one of the hugest lessons that we had learned from the first blog was yeah. you can't just shout and talk about everything. Like, sure, I'm an interesting person. I have more interest than just vegan cheesecake. But unless you focus in, nobody really cares. Which was kind of hard because at the time there were plenty. I mean, there still are personal lifestyle bloggers that talk about everything. But they're like, they're almost legacy at this point. They are, right? Right? They're legacy, literally. They started it way before everyone Name somebody who who started recently and got big talking about everything that where they they don't kind of explicitly call out here's what i talk about yeah. and, that, and then like corbett always says once you call out what you're about you now have freedom to talk about whatever kind of you want right sure. Be, but because i know i know where to place you in my mind mm-hmm. but i think that's a really big big point you just st- just said i want to re- restate it i mean you you called attention to it like that's a really big lesson for anybody to learn i wanted to make the thing the cookbook that i was going to i would have cooked from mm-hmm. right what is that Tell me more about that. Like what 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 was cooking to you then that there was this whole world of cookbooks, of cooking teaching, of cooking blogs, of the f- food channel, mm-hmm. right? And every time it's like someone going like, okay, now just grab your soup strainer and the this, that, and the other. And, like, and I'm like, I don't have that. I don't have that thing. I mean, as you can imagine from our backstory, like we were obviously on a very, very tight budget. Like I didn't have, I didn't have the resources to go out and have like a high speed blender. Now I, fortunately now we can't afford to have one, but like back then it was like all the things we got from our wedding and I only had like 10 spices and mm. I just was really intimidated by anything from the Food Network or like Ina Garten as amazing as she is. Mm. I don't think I could have attempted 90% of her recipes just because, not because I lacked the skill. I just felt like they were too complicated. Yeah. And, you know, just way too like time consuming. Some sort of like 30 years in the kitchen, like just as a, as like a person before you yeah. can. I'm curious uh, when you were at this point, did you think about the audience and what would appeal to people or you were you purely thinking about what you wanted in a food blog? I think it was pretty selfish in terms of the focus of the content. I would say the only the only time time or I guess incapacity that we were thinking about an audience was we're going to tell them exactly what we're doing here. That's why we made the parameters. And then John, of course, built the site to be very user friendly and set up an email list and all those things so that from day one, we could begin forming this community around this concept. Yeah. But I don't think it was ever premeditated in in the way that like, well, there's no good, you know, two ingredient pancake recipe out there. So I guess since that's searchable, I'll do that. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, in, I, and I have listened to the episode on reverse engineering content. Mm. Mm. And I do think that is valuable in terms of some parts of your yeah. content. Like yeah. for instance, the headline, like that, yeah. that should grab people. But like when it comes to the food that we post, it really is like, and John has always encouraged me in this, like what actually sounds good to you? Like what sounds like the most fun thing that you could wake up and make today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like very, very important to me and to us. Sure. Okay. But we did throw those parameters on the site. And so there was something that's like, this is what people can expect. Okay, hold on. I, I, I like where this is going and I want us to dive into this place, but I want us to like, can we just dog ear that for a second for coming back to in a little bit, like the content that you guys choose to make now, what you've learned about what content to make, 
that reverse engineering stuff from fizzleshow.co slash episode slash 86, I believe it was. Um, yeah, that was a library. That was a good one. That was a good one. It's a really big, it's a really, really big concept. This idea, because of what, to me, it's like the skating on what do I want to make versus what's already big out there. And this is like where mm. all art can choose to get popular or become consumeristic bullcrap, right? I don't know. I just love that. It seems like such a powerful ridge to skate. So coming back to this story just shortly, let's put a bow on the story of the creation of Minimalist Baker, the inception, the, the early days. Um, you're working at this, at, this, uh, we, at, at this health website, health website, photos and journalism, and you're doing more of your stuff on the side, recipes and stuff. You come up with a Minimalist Baker idea in this season. Yes. And, and you just decide, I'm going to make you what you said was 10 ingredients, or one bowl, or things like that. Was that the constraint that you put on yourself from the start? Yeah. From the start, it was the kinds of thing that I want to make for myself. Yeah, because that, that's really is how I cook. Like, yeah. it's not like, I mean, sometimes I do make a recipe and I'm like, oh, shit, that has like 12 ingredients. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and so I try and cut it down. Like, you don't really need garlic powder. Well, we had those conversations early on, like, you know, she would make a recipe and she's like, well, it's 11 recipes, but I'd really like to share it. Or, yeah, 11, 11 ingredients. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we just didn't, which was kind of hard. It was hard to kind of decide you either have to modify the recipe right. or um, Well, not it's a guideline, it, but... not a law, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Or an expectation. Uh, that's, that's really, so you came up with those three parameters or whatever, just because that's how you cook and you, you were tired of recipes that were complicated, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, but it happens to be a really great hook, you know, and I think that's the thing that a lot of new bloggers, new podcasters, new YouTube channels, whatever they lack, they lack a hook. They lack yeah. a way to explain what they do. And forever you guys have always had on your about page, something to that effect. And whenever I have to explain what you guys do, yep. either I remember it off the top of my head, or I know I can go to your about page and grab that one sentence. This happened mm -hmm. yesterday, or the last time we recorded for the last episode yeah. of the show, when Steph, I was talking about Minimalist Baker as a great idea, a great example of a niche uh, business idea. And Steph she piped in with like, well, what I love about them is it's always been 10 <laughs> ingredients or one bowl or or th 10 minutes or left or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I didn't even, I never read that because I, I never read your about page. Gee, thanks. Right? Yeah, yeah no, I don't yeah. care. I don't yeah, care. I don't read either. I collect, <laughs> I collect pretty people, I but I don't read their page. websites. <laughs> but she, like that, just like Corbett was saying, that was like in her, now Corbett, tell me more just for a second about hook. You said people don't come up with a hook enough these days. Well, I mean, the, the the thing is, like, if someone comes to your website, you have just a split second to grab their attention. Otherwise, they're going to bail. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is why anytime you publish a blog post, it's so important to get the headline right, because the headline's job is to grab somebody's attention for a few more seconds so yeah. that they'll read the first paragraph and so on and so forth. And when there's a there's a whole site that's just unclear, muddy in terms of the focus it's really hard to expect people to give their time if they haven't been prepped. And a lot of people, when we hear them give their pitch for a business, they can do okay if you give them two minutes to explain it, but you don't have two minutes in the real world. And this is why I just love this idea. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, for us with Fizzle, it was always honest, 
online mm-hmm. business yeah. training. Yeah, you yeah. know, that was our, our shtick. It mm-hmm. was like none yeah. of the fluff, none of the BS. Yeah. We're going to give it to you straight. For people right. who didn't want to like sell their soul to become entrepreneurs or to, to, to earn a living online. I, you know, it's something something like, like it was, and we, we're still figuring out how to really say that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because honest online business, there's just a lot of ways that that can mean things. But we always picked that angle. And you felt like that was a good enough hook from the start. And yeah. obviously we're here. We're still a successful, again, air quotes, business. Because when you're talking about lifestyle businesses, here's the thing. Listen, when you're doing venture-backed, yada, 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 it, it's very clear if you're succeeding or not, right? It's very, very clear. It tends to be very, very clear. And very few of those actually end up succeeding. But when you're doing lifestyle business, meaning compared to how many are out there trying to be successful, when you're doing lifestyle business, when you're doing a solo entrepreneurship business, when you're doing these kinds of things, you're the one who defines if you're successful or not, if it's Uh, successful or not. I think it's the opposite. What do you say? Say it again. I think it's really hard to tell if you're succeeding as a VC-backed business because there's vanity metrics that you measure yourself against. Mm -hmm. Got it. When you're a lifestyle business, you know if people are reading Mm -hmm. and if they're buying your stuff, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, so I'll clarify, meaning like, the you're a success as a VC company if you're keeping the story going. Yeah. And with sure. your with your board or direct with yeah. your with your investors, with your this, that, and the other. Yeah. And then seasons cha- the wind changes. <laughs> and suddenly and you're not a success. Suddenly yet. you're not a success. Right. You know, it's it, and it really is a bummer. Like, like this is so like the episode we did with Neville, uh, where it's just like that changed that changes without you wanting it to change. Mm-hmm. You didn't and without necessarily your your it wasn't or you your thought fault. everything was fine, and then yeah. the next day it's not. Whereas mm-hmm. within with the lifestyle business, and this is why I for, will forever love this kind of business. And, and lifestyle business is probably not the right term because it tends to connote too much. But a solo entrepreneurship business, a small, a a, a by the book small business, is succeeding or failing on very clear and simple metrics. Mm-hmm. And it's not how many Twitter followers you have. And it's not how many people on the email list, and it's not you know what I mean. It's it, it, that's one of the things I hope to get to into in, in, a, in episodes coming up here. What were you going to say? Yeah, and and you guys have a tremendous number of followers on all kinds of platforms, Instagram and so on, and I'm sure that feels great. And other people probably measure themselves against you guys. They probably follow yeah. your Instagram feed and like, oh, if I only had X hundreds of thousands of people following me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that means nothing to your business. What really matters is you're putting out stuff that people really care about. It's resonating with them. Mm-hmm. And then they want to take it a step further and buy something from you, yeah. buy your book, buy a mm-hmm. course from you, advertisers, you know, anything like that, that, that really matters at the end of the day. Okay. To keep our story going here. Can we go fast forward to when you like earned your first dollar from Minimalist Baker? Mm. That would be a John question. I don't check her. We still haven't earned a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I have my Wait, well, hold we're, on. We're in severe <laughs> debt right now. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> I keep trying my my email subscribers to my bank, and they keep giving me money, and we haven't figured out how to actually take that bank and make it work. So, what's your what's when when was the first? sort of dollar made at Minimalist Baker. I think we were actually, I remember trying to make money and being very afraid about it. Yeah. That would turn people away. They're yeah. going to be interested, yep. all that stuff. And so we did a series of three different things. We first created an ebook that we gave away for free. Didn't know email, nothing else. Just like, here's an ebook. So, okay, we saw whatever, a thousand people downloaded that. So there was like- That was a, for free. That one was for free. Yeah. And so then we 
uh, partnered with a group of, I think, nine or ten other food bloggers. Mm. And we did, this was actually right after WDS and Scott, mm. Charity Water guy, yeah. comes and talks and gets everybody motivated about Charity Water. And so we did a uh, collaborative ebook for... Like you could download it for free if you promise to go donate to Charity Water. <laughs> so, uh-huh. We're so very we good that. people. We're so yeah. good. We're yeah, I, I don't know if you that. can tell, but <laughs> we're oh, very God. morally upright and <laughs> we are really good people. So probably the best. <laughs> probably, uh, probably. A little bit better than other people. <laughs> Take me to the first dollar. Yeah. So that was to like not be afraid of charging money, and then yeah. we created a two ninety nine ebook that. Um, $2.99. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is 2011. <laughs> 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 There's people with $299 ebooks that they're like launching with. They're going like, I don't know why nobody's buying. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. They said I should value my work highly. Yeah. And what and what was that ebook? I'm trying to remember. I think it was just called Five Ingredients or Less. So it was even more restrictive. Does that sound right? That sounds It was either that or something our course. Like that. I think it's it was that book, $2.99 for what? 10 recipes? Yeah, it was like 10 or 15 10 or, or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And a reprint of things that were on the blog? No, they no. Were so that was something new. we've always tried to do is keep that stuff original. Okay, So there it. was something special about buying it. So, yeah. you, so you you put this together. How did you sell it? What was the the PayPal and okay. e-junkie All right. thing? Just e-junkie, as simple as yeah. possible. Oh, man, right? e-junkie. What was that? I remember that. I I know. Know. I know. You're like, welcome. There's like a ball of fire. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wait, there was like a there was like a jumping ninja guy at yeah. some Did point. Did it feel sleazier than that? Yeah. No. Seriously, man. The site still looks like it's from you know ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like for people down. who don't know, this was this was the kind of stuff you had to do uh, to to sell an ebook online at some point. Now it's really really easy. You could just sign up for Gumroad for free and do that thing, and then you do pay what you want if you're really uncomfortable with charging money, right? Yeah. Uh, or just use PayPal, probably, or, or Shopify has a digital download sort of thing. I don't know what you would use right away besides Gumroad. It just seems like the quickest, easiest right now that I know about. I literally stopped learning after I realized you could just do that, right? But back in the day, you had to use, it was like, yeah, like that's why. You like, into your side. Yeah. Like, it was such a mess. I mean, it wasn't, E-junk was, E-junkie was easier than most places. Yeah, sure. Still a ton of work compared okay, to Okay, so this is our first dollar that we're making. Yep. Do you remember that moment? Like what it felt when you when you hit publish and sent the email or whatever? I don't actually. It was so I think it was two ninety nine. We probably sold a couple. Or yeah, okay, you know, there, got it. it. Wasn't, yeah. At this time, your traffic was like around. Do you remember at all? I we actually remember which <laughs> to vanity metrics. Yeah, uh, we remember the day we hit a thousand Facebook likes uh-huh. more. Like, yeah, and John were, was like, "Babe, we made it." We made I was it. like, I, "I don't think we did." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, don't interrupt me when I'm making a one pot yeah, pasta. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but to his credit, John, like, yeah. I feel like part of the reason why Minimal Speaker exists is because John just kept looking at me and be like, you can do this. Really? Yeah. Because I would be like, honey, have you seen my photos are not that great? Or like my, my recipes are not like, I don't know. I just didn't believe in myself. And I yeah. feel like having a cheerleader is so, so crucial. Okay. Hold no, on. No, I'm just like a blind let's entrepreneur. Camp. Like, I can't. <laughs> let's camp out here for a second. Hold on. Hold on. Pull out your little REI camp chairs. Yeah. Sit down. Put your beers in a koozie. I want to hear more about this. Why do you think that was so important for you? Well, to backtrack, when I was telling you that I was, we were in law school and I, or he was in law school and, and I was just like, I just need to go get a job. I'll get three jobs. Like I'll just go get three minimum wage jobs and I'll just 
work all the time. It's yeah. fine. That was their yeah. solution. And yeah. he's like, no, well, what do you really want to do? Uh. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times he had to be like, sit me back down in a chair and be like, yeah. what do you really want to do? And so I feel Which like... Which was probably just escaping from my problems. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to be an attorney, but let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's not worry about me right now. But so even like, in the early days of Minimalist Baker, when like we were looking at our traffic and it was like growing, but we weren't, we weren't, you know, making any ad revenue and like we weren't making that much money. And I was just like, look, I don't want to have to just live on beans and rice the rest of our life. Mm. Like, are we, do you actually think we're going to make this work? And I cannot tell you how many times John just looked at me with like blind confidence and said, I believe in you. You can totally make this work. Mm. You mm. are, you were going to be awesome. Yeah. And I don't even know if he believed if he was telling me the truth. But it was yeah. convincing. It was yeah. so convincing. I got her to marry me. So. <laughs> it was. It was. Wow. So wow. I feel like when you have someone who tells you that, it just kind of like puts you up on cloud nine. And you're like, I'm making badass content. So and people me, are going to care. Tell me about that. Because you <laughs> you and I are both sevens on the Enneagram, right? Ish. We're, we're, <laughs> I'm either a three or a seven. <laughs> Nobody knows. I know. Okay, thank you. A little bit. <laughs> Not much. Uh, but... But all that to say, there, there's something, there's some, all that to say, I, I infer and project way too much of myself onto you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the point being for, I'm putting, putting your story in, in, in my movie of my life. And I'm looking at a boy who's trying to feel secure or, or uh, valued in some way or, 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 or like enough, right? Just to feel like I'm enough. And to have that cheerleader would have meant a lot. And I didn't end up having that cheerleader. Thanks a lot, Dad. But <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Shout out. Just kidding. Uh, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. We're good. Um, but I think about the people who are creating. I think, about, I think about the people who are trying to do stuff right now. And how much that voice in my head personally, and I'm like an accomplished, skilled person at a lot of things, and still, so many things. loudest voice, loudest <laughs> voice in, in the world, just is like, you're stupid, why are you even trying this? Mm-hmm. Why, nobody, like, why, nobody's gonna pay attention, right? No, like, like, that must have been something akin to the voice that was in your head before he started filling your head with a bunch of lies about how you're gonna <laughs> succeed, right? But I think of the people who are trying to like think about like that they, that very same question that John gave to you. Mm-hmm. But what would you really like to do? This yeah, is why part of the reason I think that's the only question that really matters. To how, be honest. How do you mean? Like in life, Tell like me more. having someone give you the freedom to say, "Don't like keep like putting your like bills aside, your yeah. whatever else aside." And of course, we had the luxury of not having kids at the point, so mm-hmm. we weren't. We also still do not have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But we do have more IKEA furniture, which can feel like kids. Yeah. But I just think that that was the best gift he ever gave me was to ask me like, "What do you really want to be doing?" Like, Mm. and I really, really thought about it. Like, well, I at the point at this point in my life, I really like taking photos and I really love cooking, Mm. and a a blog is the best way to go about that. Now, I'm curious as to how much that seems like a like a girl with a wish and a prayer. Right. I love taking photos and I love and I love and I love writing about I love coming up with ingredients for recipes and things like that. Uh, It doesn't seem incredibly thought out. It doesn't seem like methodically researched. It doesn't seem Mm -hmm. like it was just I feel like I like this right now. Yeah, but I will say that I do. I do think that going to uh, going through journalism school, it kind of changed my thought Mm. process in a way that like 
basically the what I took away from journalism was say what you want to say in as few words as possible and be a, as loud about it as you possibly mm. can and get to the freaking point. Wow. Because nobody cares. Like nobody has time. Yeah. And so with the photos and with the recipes, like all I'm really trying to do is grab people's attention. That's mm. why the photos are so punchy and vibrant. Mm. And that's why when I describe a recipe, there's like bullet points. Mm. Because people don't really have time. And, and and also with the recipes, people don't have time. Like it's not, not only do they not have time to read your blog post. And maybe I'm just, I'm this is just like a, pe- a peek into my world. Maybe some people do like reading the novel about someone's day. Mm. But that's not what our site is about. And I feel like that's, that definitely influences the way that I approach the recipes. And that's what sets, at least in my mind, that's what sets us apart is like, we had this focus I was focusing really hard on my photography and I was really driven to get people hooked and get them into the recipes. And like, if they just made it, I knew they would like it mm. and then they would keep coming back. Yeah. The, so we've heard like two really important parts of the backbone here. I think mm. one is this hook that you have in terms of the structure of how you create a recipe. The second one is what you just said, right? Which is, you get to the point. You make things punchy and important and you mm. draw people's attention and you get into it. Yeah, wow. The third part of it, to me, whenever I think about your story, is also how much freaking work you put into the content creation, the all the recipes that you make. And, and tell us about um, what that process looks like every week and how often you publish and how many times you've missed publishing one of your, your deadlines. Well, we've never... Never missed a published deadline because oh, that's in 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really old <laughs> and really damn consistent. But in almost no. five, in almost five years, you've never missed a deadline. Never missed a deadline. What is this publishing schedule? Uh, well, we used to post every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And now we post every three days, which it's basically I mean, not the same Similar. thing, but yeah. it's almost it's like one or two recipes less a month. But then we do other posts. So it's yeah. about the same. Yeah. Okay. And I'm that was how many I mean, how many posts per month is that? About it's like, eleven to twelve. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that was one of the things that John really I feel like in so many ways where I was the creative voice, he was the business voice. And he did study a lot of like your guys' writing and Corbett's writing about how can how important it is to show up and like continue saying the thing that you're saying mm. and not change course and keep getting better at what you're doing. And it was so important to us to keep showing up every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. It didn't mean that every recipe was going to knock it out of the park, mm. but I was going to try, keep trying because yeah. I want people to come to our site and, and like say, wow, I really didn't think you could do it again, but you did it again. You yeah. know, what like, is that? Hold on real quick. What's that? Why do you, why do you want them to, to think that? I don't know. It's probably egotistical or something, but also just the reality that there's, there's probably at this point, like a million food blogs in the world. Yeah. And we had to, you know, not only set our parameters of like, this is what we're doing. We're 10 ingredients, 30 minutes, one bowl, but also like we're the best at that Mm. and we're going to keep getting better. Like we're not going to get stagnant and just post the same thing. We're going to keep moving forward and I'm going to keep, you know, becoming a better photographer and I'm going to keep, you know, inventing new ways to use dates and things like that. Like just, I want to keep raising the bar on what we do otherwise when you say like, dates what's... you're talking about the large raisin <laughs> the large raisin it's not a raisin <laughs> i hate raisins <laughs> to be scientific <laughs> i love dates they're Me such too. big raisins those cockroach so size <laughs> <laughs> <Those cockroach-sized laughs> raisins 
I really apologize because you're in the middle of something so good. <laughs> but I had to clarify a new way to use dates. And I was like, it's a fruit. Yeah. <laughs> From the Middle East. Oh, okay. Oh, that's delicious. That so, is delicious. I, so I also love, uh, Chase was saying before we started yeah. that we could do a whole separate episode just on how you guys work as yeah. a couple because it's a kind of a unique thing. But it's really interesting that Dana, you yeah. just get to focus on content. Mm-hmm. And when we asked, like, what was it like making your first dollar? You're like, I don't remember. I don't know, because, John, honestly, I don't I haven't looked at our blog traffic since 2012, the first month we started, because we immediately transferred all of that stuff on his shoulders because I was realizing, oh, well, if someone like that posts, then I'm going to make that post again. Yeah. And that really gets in your head. Yeah. And so that's why John's like, you just go over there and you just do you uh-huh. and I'll be over here monitoring things okay this is really fascinating because a lot of people are trying to do this as one person right they're trying to be and so many people do both the john and the dana in one person and some so many people like you said so many people do successfully right but there is this this skill to being able to do both and in some ways corbin and i sort of inhabit those those different roles as well uh i have i want to know john from you as you're watching statistics, as you're watching the analytics, as you're watching whatever it is that you and Corbett watch, uh, and I try just dashboards, I, just so <laughs> many dashboards, long. so many dashboards, um, and then you you know that you you know you're probably in some fundamental way. I, I'm curious. Do you see Dana's creative drive, almost passion, as a a as a delicate sort of thing that you just want to keep moving? How do you picture that sort of? Because I bet you can see that it's fragile. In in that, if I was to disturb it, it would be off course. Either <laughs> either you can move it off course, or I, I bet sure. you can see how much she can get in her own head. Sure. Or when she's really free and just doing her thing. Yeah. Right. I bet you because you guys are married, you can see very clearly how that energy sort of works in the household yeah. in some ways. So I'm curious how when you. It, 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 throughout if you've seen hey this kind of thing is working or hey could you do how what have you learned about how you kind of guide or coach dana sure i mean she's always open to if i want to bring up some idea like hey, sure. this might be a post that works so this might be something people would really find useful from your perspective but i don't really try and push too much I yeah mean, part of the separation was letting her kind of be pure with what she's doing uh-huh. um it's a little romanticized, but like, I, I really think like if you're just making something good that you really care about and mm-hmm. that you're putting out there, I mean, we're lucky enough to make money from it, of course, but uh, even if we weren't, there's something amazing to be able to do that as a person. And so I, I like just kind of letting her do that and run with that. That's been, um, I think, part of where we've come from, from the beginning. Yeah. And sometimes he'll jump in and say, wow, people really love that sangria recipe that you made do you think you could simplify it or Uh, do you think you could make it more seasonal or mm -hmm. do a white version and i'll be like totally i can do that yeah so he provides new constraints that are more like invitations because like for me in the design world we used to always say like constraints are creativity like when i when i realize in my paternity leave i'm like a phenomenal chef when there's just like leftovers (laughs) like i can put together like a bowl of like whatever we had and I'll like get the garnish out and the whole nine yards. Right? Cause I'm like, th- like from Lisa's plate, I'm like, 
like a little bit of Maldon salt and like three olives on the side <laughs> with some chives and then just like a dollop of yogurt. <laughs> like it's just like, there mm. you go. And I care so much because it just, it's, it's, con- I'm constrained mm. profoundly that, that it now I, I know what can I make out of this instead of like, I don't know, what can I make? You know, what sure. can I make out of this is so much more of an invitation. Mm-hmm. So when he says, can you make it like a white sangria? These kind of constraints in my world are invitations to more creativity mm-hmm. without making it feel daunting and in a sort of like, oh, I don't think I can do that kind of way. Right. So he can come up with ideas to just sort of like, oh, how can we just do that again and 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 shape it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, for some reason, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's extremely fortunate for us, too, that like I don't have to worry about like, oh, no, our server's down or like what's up with our email list or mm-hmm. how can we do this year or like something's wrong. Like basically anytime our site's down, I, I like tell John like, hey, our site's down. I'm making recipes. Can you fix it? Yeah. You know, like I don't I have the luxury of that, whereas yeah. so many of our friends are the blogger making the soup and keeping mm-hmm. making sure that the yeah. site is running well. And I'm. Yeah. That's like also one of the reasons why we've grown quickly, I think, mm. is because we've brought our skill sets together and he manages all that stuff, keeps it going um, more the business mind. And I can yeah. just be floating off on my creative cloud. Now, I'm curious from your perspective, Dana, knowing like at least having a sense of what he does, the roles that he plays, what would you say it, in your in your mind? What do you think is like the hard thing? about what he does probably just trusting me in a lot of ways huh. well and that's that's been a huge i wouldn't say a tension or a struggle per se because honestly we have a really great marriage relationship and our working relationship is really healthy like we don't get in each other's way much like we're just like what are you working on great what are you working on um but i feel like because john has basically hitched his train to mine mm. He follows me wherever I go. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so that's extremely challenging, I would say. Um, I can't imagine what that's like waking up and being like, how does she feel today? What, you know, what's she going to do? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'm kind of, you know, like. Hopefully you don't go all Howard Hughes on him one day. Yeah. <laughs> I need more milk. Right. <laughs> Put it outside yeah. the door. I'll open it. <laughs> Give me red M and M's. I only want red M and M's. For some reason, I remember milk from that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what and it being is. Locked in a room. <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah. So you think one of the hardest things is just for him to kind of go like be married, be like uh, uh like hitch his wagon to the storm of your creativity and yeah. your impulses in some way. Basically, he's trusting my instincts every day. Yeah, and some of that, the I would say where that has kind of come up and clashed, it's not even necessarily on the blog. It's more like something I tweet about. He's like, yeah. is that representing our business? And I'm like, oh man, I guess it's not. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm like, but I want to talk about something else, yeah. you know? And yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that, honestly, that has really been the only place where we have like had these conversations where I'm yeah. like, stop censoring me. And he's like, but it's for a business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it like, it's, yeah. it's very childish. For some reason, like, I, can no, I don't want to, yeah. I want to talk about this. And he's like, okay, but you know that people are here for the food. See, and there's so, a lot, there's a lot that's similar. Yeah. 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 There's just this, that says total seven. Like, I have a million thoughts during the day that I could be tweeting, but I don't. Yeah. And it feels like someone's just like choking me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm that someone. I'm that someone. <laughs> you did start your own Instagram channel a while. I back, did. So. Yeah. I did. So I for your I, own outlet. I yeah. have that, and and anytime I want to share, I can. But like, 
I think that that has been another thing that he has really helped with. Like, honestly, any t- like I don't know how many emails we get a day where someone's like, hey, we want to f- send you this free. Sh-. Can you promote it? Yeah. And John's like, no. But I would be like, well, you know, you know, he, yeah. he helps guide and shape all those things. Basically, yeah. he's just saying just no. Say yes. And then send it to Chase. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, he loves free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. I'm a good. I'm. A, yeah. I'm, I'm into free stuff. Uh, the, the boxes of backpacks over here are a signal of that. But uh, now I'm curious to ask you the same question, John. Of of all the things that she does, from your perspective, what do you think is the hard hard thing about what she does? Uh, she's got a perfect life. She's got <laughs> it all squared away. Wow. Okay. Be- and then <laughs> you married this guy. That's- <laughs> He's a real douche. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think for people kind of like me, it's hard to think of thinking of something new every day. Yeah. And to like sticking to that deadline. Yeah. I think a lot of times for creative people, it is hard to say like, I'm going to post Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I'm going to stick to that every single week. Dana's like never given up on huh. that. Uh, that's got to be daunting as well as like to trust me sometimes. And I mean, we're not perfect for sure, but there's sometimes where I say like, we're not gonna do that or i don't think we should do that yeah and um she has to we just have to talk through it or kind of agree on that and that's probably i I feel like that would be hard as an artist to like create something and then hear no we're not gonna completely do it that way or Mm -hmm. we're we're gonna throttle that in some way Mm. i imagine that's gotta be difficult yeah now corbett in closing here because we're gonna send our show out here um i don't know there's just something about this like how they individually represent like you your words john she's the artist and you're the what would you say you are if the you hand sh- model the hand model <laughs> she's the artist and you're the hand model or the whatever this the the business, the, the business side yeah. the creative and the business is that is that sound like it because i like how you said what was the word you used in it was it was it your intuition or was it your i think it was in, intuition yeah i think so yeah so you've got this creative intuition that's just like, I want to make something like a salsa or a watermelon, something, something. I totally got stuck watching your frozen watermelon thing. I just, the those, slushy? Yeah, the slushy. Oh, I, was I love like, that one. I don't even know how to stop watching this <laughs> at this point. There's no, even, there's no sound even. Yeah. But, you know, you've got the creative in Dana and, and the business in John to over, probably oversimplify it in some ways. Um, but, Corbin, what I'm curious for you is... You know, our experience knowing so many entrepreneurs who are trying to do this by themselves, mm-hmm. both of these, right? And we in Fizzle, in our roadmap, we have this, like, I love the way that we guide people through things. For instance, in, in stage, what, eight or something where it's, we're into growth, the way that we have this this spreadsheet that helps you figure out exactly how to look at your analytics from the past year and deduce some insights about, like, what where things are going next it's like you can outsource your business side of your brain into spreadsheets if you know what you're doing in some ways so i don't know all that to set the table for you to kind of close us out on on what you see in in i don't know what do you see yeah so one thing i'll say is i think that any business that has the luxury of having separate creative and business departments or people operates better when each side understands the other well mm, and yeah. and you can see the other side and why something's important like, yeah i think fizzle at fizzle we've grown as you've started to understand the business side and i've started to yeah. understand the creative side yeah. more yeah if you're operating just as yourself you have to be able to compartmentalize those things because you can make yourself crazy if you're constantly having a battle in your mind between mm. business and creative 
Um, we've talked a little bit about in the psychology terms, there's this concept of the elephant and the rider, mm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? And yeah. Uh, you can't control the the elephant. It's yeah. the emotions. That's yeah. the creative side. Yeah. And the rider is the intellectual side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've also talked in one of your courses about this um, this mental framework called the CEO and the worker bee. Yeah. Sometimes you got to be the CEO and you have to do the strategy stuff. Mm-hmm. Other times you just have to knuckle down and be the worker bee and get the thing done that you need to get done. Yeah. I think likewise, you have to do the same thing in terms of business and creative. Sometimes you have to wear the creative hat and just let yourself be the creative person who's thinking solely about the art and the product and how mm. it uh, affects the users. Yeah. And then other times you have to be the business person, but you can't really do both at the exact same time. Yeah. So if you have the luxury of having two people, great. If you don't, just compartmentalize it and try to do one role at a time. One role at a time. And like to me, what sounds so important about that is not feeling, not allowing yourself to feel guilt about not playing the other role when you're playing the current yeah. role that you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. I find myself doing that Give a lot. Give yourself the freedom. I, the one, I've gotten a lot better at, at creative work precisely because I would say that thing. Like when I'm in creative mode, when I'm in intuition mode and just figuring out what I'm going to do right now, what I feel like doing right now, like I go like, all right, I'm going all out on this thing, knowing it's probably going to last 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we'll regroup. Let's get this thing out of my system and then I'll go into John mode or business mode and think about how am I going to tell this to Corbett or if I'm going to at all, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. So in closing, uh, but like we, we probably could do like nine of these episodes. And I, I think honestly, we'll see if the, if the listeners like it, if they, if they go nuts for it, if you guys write in comments, just have a standing appointment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Every, every, I, third, would, I would love nothing more. Okay. Yeah. I would love it too. Uh, you guys, if you like hearing from John and Dana, please let us know. Go to fizzleshow.co slash 210210 and write in the comments there. So, oh my gosh, I loved hearing from these guys. I, I think there's a lot that they're saying that is so killer. And uh, in closing here, you guys, from you, what's next for you guys? In terms of projects? And yeah, such? what are you doing right now? What's next? Um. Well, we haven't really announced it to anyone, but we are working on more projects. <laughs> I mean, we're, we, yeah, like we're at a point now where like everything is just like getting better at what we're doing. Yeah. So we, yeah. We, I mean, that's, I, I had so many questions prepped yeah. to go into all sorts of things. We, I literally didn't get to any of them except for one, but I loved where we got because it's like the inception of a lifestyle business. It's like, where do these things come from and how hum, how human the roots of this thing actually are the beginning of it was. Mm-hmm. So to skip all sorts of steps and just tell us what your very next project is, if you're open for it. I don't know if you guys are announcing what that thing is. He's the business. He makes the business yeah. calls. <laughs> Literally. I'm writing an ebook of five ingredients yeah. or less. Yeah. Awesome. That's, yeah. Um, we are, I mean, our two big things, it's, I mean, it's not official. It's, yeah. We're working on a cookbook uh-huh. and um, we're working on a new photography or a whole different thing of photography courses okay so, really exciting exciting and, uh we said it last on last week's episode but we should say it again yeah john and dana have a cookbook out already it's called just minimalist bakers min- everyday cooking everyday, everyday cooking. i don't even cooking. like plugging it it feels so sleazy oh we plug <laughs> it if so you like our stuff you'll episode. probably like the book no <laughs> no what Corey's getting to is this is the one cookbook that my family actually cooks from and we cook non-stop from it like i know what tahini is now yeah you're and welcome. It, it, and, it, and it is. It's a killer cookbook. I mean, I'm serious. I, I have a, I have a it's lot in of cookbooks. Every friend's house. It's like the only thing on the counter <laughs> these is. days. It is. And everybody loves it. It absolutely is. Okay, so uh, we're going to do this thing where I start, then we're going to Corbett, and then we're just go around like this. 
Okay, I have been Chase Warman Reed. I've been Corbett Barr. John Schultz. Dana Schultz. And we have been the Fizzle Show. We'll see you there. Or we'll, we'll see you on another time. time. <laughs> All right, everybody. That has been fizzleshow.co slash 210. That's the whole episode. To let us know if you liked hearing from John and Dana, go to that link, fizzleshow.co slash 210. And also, as ever, you can get our free guides at fizzle.co slash guides. Here's an iTunes rating. This is a good one from Tim Murphy in the US of A who says, the resource you need to keep building your online business. I've been listening to Fizzle since the very beginning, and sadly, I'm just getting around to writing a review. They published episode 203 as I write this, and I've listened to every episode. Many of them I've listened to two or more times because they're so full of great info to help you build your online business. Bottom line, if it wasn't for this show, I would have burnt out and given up on my online business years ago. That's a big, that's a big, that's a big quote from, from uh, this guy, Tim Murphy. He says, mix equal parts comedy, education, and support and you've got The Fizzle Show. Just subscribe and enjoy the ride. Tim, thank you so much for taking the time to write us an, uh, an iTunes review. I don't care if it took you 203 episodes to do it. <laughs> I'm just glad that you did it. You know, dear listener, our goal here is to help you make progress on your business every single week. If you leave us an iTunes review, it helps us to do that. Simply search for the show in the iTunes store and click write a review. Here's a great quote to finish us out, you guys, from a guy named Daniel Ladinsky. One of my favorite poets who says, I hear I am one of the most successful living poets in the world these days, which is true, by the way. He's one of the most successful living poets in the world these days. He says, I hear I'm one of those. And if someone asked me, how in the hell did you ever do that? I could respond, well, I worked my butt off and I've been lucky at poker and the heart is more powerful than I knew. That's Daniel Ladinsky. Find care, take care and serve hard. And dig in too <laughs> thanks and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday Fizzle Friday